I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. The one that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Hey, good morning, everyone. And you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Today's guest is a friend of the show. It's been on one of our episodes already. I think it was the career planning episode, if you want to go back and check out more about him. But he recently started his own company, X Engineering, so he's going to check in with us and uh, chat a little bit, hang out again. So please help me welcome Puneet Kumar. Puneet, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. I got your last name right this time, right? Yeah, pretty close. Komar. <laughs> Komar. <laughs> I keep screwing that up. Budi, thanks for coming back. So tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. Started X Engineering. What's uh, X Engineering all about? And and um, just catch us up on what's been going on. Sure. Great to see you guys on the Zoom meeting, uh, even though we can't be together in person. Yeah. I started last time I was on your show, I was at a, I was working for a large global firm. And, and since then, uh, myself and my partner, Eric Listener, we started X Engineering and Consulting. It's a civil engineering firm. We're focused on, on land development projects. We started technically in 2018. We're going on two years. We've been very fortunate. We got a great staff. Uh, we're up to about 15 people now, good clients, and we're really lucky. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to still be in the building industry. <laughs> um, haven't had to beg anybody 
to give me my job back yet. So that's good. <laughs> awesome. Good. Hey, congratulations on making it two years, man. Most businesses don't make it six months. That's awesome. Thank you. Hey, Puneet, what exactly does X Engineering do? What are all your services? What are you guys doing? So, you know, our bread and butter, uh, obviously we're a civil engineer and, you know, I'll, I'll just quickly tell you what you know, the X is about and how, how we formed it. When we started the company, we try to we try to think about what the company wants to stand for and what we want to do, what our what our visions, our our core values are, all that stuff. We knew we have to do good civil engineering. That's just a given. Um, all, all the firms, all in our industry, all the civil firms, they all do good civil work. So none can really say we do better civil work than someone else. Generally speaking, there's great talent in our industry. But then the second component to it is we, we like to think that we are land development consultants. Related to civil engineering work, we can assist with more than just the design of a plans. We can assist with how you phase your project, how you phase the construction, how you take advantage of how, how different aspects of land development will work, how we implement that into our design and, and be advisors to our clients. And then the third item is, is all about service. The biggest thing that I heard from our clients is that the other groups that they dealt with lacked the service. And what I mean by that is responsiveness, taking initiative, being proactive, um, really things that aren't related to civil engineering at all. It's just related to any industry. And I think um, generally speaking, service has declined in general, um, significantly throughout all businesses and, and industries. So, amen. Good for you, man. We have a way of how we how we stress service in our company, which that's a longer conversation. But it's not just about saying we provide good service. We we have a, a, a procedure on how we practice it and how it trickles down from staff from the top to the bottom and what the expectations are. And then the, the fourth is career advancement, because if you want to be great at all these things, you got to attract good talent. And in order to attract good talent, you have to help individuals reach the success that their own personal success. So when you take those four components and, and you, you space them out, two on top, two on bottom, and you connect them, you get, you get an X. So that's how we came up with the X engineering. It just happens to be a coincidence that my kid right here's name starts with an X. Awesome. Pure coincidence. <laughs> so that added to it as well. You know what? You know what's interesting, like, and good for you guys because the service aspect is what I hear from so many people in all facets of business, like you were saying. And it's the easiest thing to do and the hardest thing, right? It's the easiest because it's not a hard thing to do to make people feel valued in that type of deal. But it's hard because of the amount of time and effort it actually takes, which is actually the hardest part of the whole business. And I think that's why people miss it, man. Good for you guys. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. thought that X was the X factor as you started explaining. <laughs> uh, no, that that would have been a little too uh, too cliche, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so let's let's dig into that service side. Would do you think there's a reason? why service has declined in the industry or in business 
in general? So in my opinion, we're, we're very lucky to live, you know, we live in Southern California and most people that we come across are generally living comfortably. And for instance, the food in the restaurant industry, which unfortunately is not really opened at the moment, but growing up, many of my friends were servers, waiters, bartenders, waitresses, in the, you know, that was maybe one of their first jobs. And if a customer has an issue with them, you know, my friends, generally, most of them did, did not hesitate to give an attitude back because they were going to go home to their parents' house and live a comfortable life and drive their BMW or their Honda Civic or whatever. I mean, they wanted the money, but if they got fired, it wasn't the end of the world. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. Now, when you go to different countries in the world and you find a, a server, that person, it's typically their livelihood. They have a family to support and uh, they cannot afford to lose that job or lose that opportunity. So they're very inclined to, do, to provide such a high level of, of service. So learning that is, what, is one of my theories of why our service it has, has declined in many ways. Besides for the fact that we're Americans and we think we're so great and we can't take orders from, from people, we have to put our ego aside a little bit. The, the second thing when it comes to engineering, typically engineers, we don't like to talk much. We like, we like to work. We like to sit in our office and, and focus on the plans. And when a, when a client calls and they want to talk, Sometimes we get nervous that, hey, I, I don't want to take this call. I can't really explain why um, the plans don't um, work the way I thought they would or why I'm not able to get this done in time. So maybe if I just ignore the call, it'll go away. So when it comes to engineering, just dealing with so many engineers, I think communication can be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, we touched a little bit, a little bit on that um last time we spoke about that sort of um, disconnection, I guess, with engineering and the relationship and communication side of the business. Are you seeing that change at all? And when what needs to happen to change that? Is it part of the, the schooling that needs to sort of help push, push engineers? Or is it just a personality thing that attracts engineers and that's just sort of inherent? <laughs> Well, I think in, in most of our, our disciplines and schools, we're not really taught service. Yeah. So is there room to put a provide service 101 uh, collective? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, uh, how many people would, would, would pay for that. But it has to become part of a company's culture. You know? yeah. and, and in our company, the way we emphasize service is as a project manager, I have a client and I provide a certain level of service to that client and my direct reports. Well, I am their client and the way they watch me provide service to the outside clients. I expect them to provide the same level of service to me internally as their clients. So the goal there is once 
if and when they choose to become a project manager. And once they reach uh, that level, they'll already be prepared to provide that high level of service because they've been doing it internally. Yeah. Are you guys doing internal air quotes training or is it more of just the way that you, like you said, just the way of just a simple explanation of, you know, treat this as if you're, I'm your client or, or you're my client, or is it something more intentional? There, there's case by case scenarios when, for instance, an engineer completes a set of plans and they deliver it to the project manager. And um, if I get an email that says the plans are ready, they're in the plotter. That's not service. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's an opportunity where you put, you, you call the person over and you say, look, the way I expect the plans to be delivered is you as the engineer, you print the plans, you organize them, you complete your QAQC, and then you find a time to meet with me and walk me through the plans and deliver them to me. That is how I expect the plans to be presented or hand, handed off to me. Mm-hmm. So, so you got to find those opportunities. Um, you know, when, and, and similarly, when we, with, with the current environment, we're not dropping plans off at clients' offices or they're not coming to pick them up. It's, being delivered by the reprographics companies. Mm-hmm. So we have to be very um, service minded or oriented in how those plans get delivered because if they just get dropped off with a pile of, of papers, <laughs> the client's going to go, what am I going to do with all this? How am I going to organize? I don't know what anything is here. Yeah. So there's all these levels of service. Yeah. The interesting thing when you explain that that such that scenario of the engineer printing and saying sending you an email and saying it's in the plotter, yeah. uh, I in my mind I sense some of our listeners that are our generation and younger thinking taking somewhat offense to that in that oh you're too good to go and pick them up from the printer, but if you take a step back and really think about what you're saying it's taking ownership of what you're doing and you're taking on the responsibility to help your client in air quotes, you as the project manager to understand what you just did. So it's following through completely to make sure that you've delivered and explained what you have done to your client. And it's internal in that scenario, but it's starting to build that foundation to understand that when you do work directly with the client, you have to do follow through, even though you you complete you technically completed what you've done, but you, you haven't followed through to make sure that your client understands what you've done and is able to now do whatever it is they need to do with your product. Absolutely. And and you said exactly kind of uh, pointed to what something I mentioned earlier is we have to put our egos to the side, you know, mm-hmm. but you're not. You're too good to um, get that, and that's a true, and that's a real statement. But we have to, we have to put our um, our egos to the side. And and as you are you, an architect and worked for large architecture firms, I'm sure you can test attest to many times where you sent a, a group of plans, a set of plans to the printer, 
and it just so happened to be missing sheet eight of 12 for some reason <laughs> that sheet didn't print yeah right so um it's the like you said the follow-through and the ownership and, and these are these are simple things when you're dealing with clients yes they are too good for many things and if you take this approach that oh you're too good to do this you won't have any clients left to yeah. work with <laughs> yeah. so our job uh, again is to make our clients feel as if they are that good and and that's part of service yeah and then you know the other simple thing just real quick is picking up the phone when they call <laughs> yeah you know or or sending a quick text back if you can't talk i will call you in 15 minutes yeah you know those are little service things that when a client is frantic and needs to talk to their engineer right away they have a question that they need answered right away the last thing they want is to hear voicemail. Yeah. But if you can respond quickly with a text and say, call you in 15 minutes, that at least puts them at rest, that mm -hmm. my call has been noted and I shall be receiving something shortly. Yeah. That is the biggest oversight, I think, in business today is people not being able to, and in society today, is people not being able to put themselves in another person's shoes to understand they are going through something and they're freaking out. They just need to know that you saw it. And it, it is, it's, a, it's a level of adjustment that we have this technology where people can you know hit you so easily rather than sending you a letter that takes a few days to get to you. Email is a thing to adjust to, but just understanding that the emotional side is still there and you just have to calm everyone's nerves and let them know that things are being taken care of. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, let's spend the last minute or so. Uh, anything that you have going, going on that uh, you want to promote project or anything you guys are doing within the company? Sure, we're doing a, a few things. Well, Monday, I'm, I'm scheduled to be on a BIA um, kind of lunch and learn type thing and to talk about civil engineering in the building industry. So I hope uh, it's it's a part it's a part five of six series. And I'm hoping that people sign up to attend. I'm hoping I'm not talking to five people. There's yeah. a few more. So that's the BIA next gen uh, lunch and learn series, right? Exactly. Yes. Do you, Do you know how people can get to that off the top of your head? Um, if they want to register. Well, I'm going to tell them to email you, Demetrius. And then <laughs> I'll put it, it. I'll put it in our show notes. So yeah. if you're listening to this and you're interested, go to our website. It'll be in the description, uh, so I'll you can click there. I'll email you a link. Okay. But we got a lot of really great projects we're working on. Um, in regards to uh, land development, and we're seeing a lot of activity. Things things slow down a little bit during the the quarantine, but yeah. there's a lot of uh, new activity that is that we're seeing, and we're really excited to pick up on uh, projects all throughout Southern California. So I would guess I would guess that's something that I'm excited to announce. And and going back to um, the lunch and learn, we made a a video. Uh, there's five of us on the video where we went to one of our projects and we pointed out uh, a few engineering features that we designed that have now been constructed. 
And I think those that may may be curious about what civil engineers do in the land development uh, industry, it's a great video. I think it came out really cool. We're gonna launch it uh, for the first time at this Lunch and Learn. And I think it's a great video to show um, individuals who, whether you're in the industry and may not be a civil engineer, maybe you're an attorney, maybe you're doing marketing or, or things that are not related to the actual technical side and curious about what civil engineers actually do, I think this video will, will help answer some questions and share some insights. Great. And then last thing, how can people find out more about X Engineering and follow you if you want to do social media thing? Sure. Um, our website is xengineeringinc.com. I'm really not on social media. Like I, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, we have a X Engineering page and I'm not on um, Instagram or Twitter. I know people are always asking me what's wrong with me. Why am I not on it? But um, I try to I try to keep my screen time down. It's already uh, quite high. So, <laughs> but I can I can be found on LinkedIn, and I can be uh, found through xengineeringinc.com. You can follow X Engineering on LinkedIn. Great, thank you so much, Puneet, and uh, to the listeners, we will talk again on Tuesday. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Demetrius. This show is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host Patrick McLaney, FAIA former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. 
from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK, the three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.